Things have really blown up for Dexter Flanders in the last couple of years. In 2018, his debut play, Foxes, was a finalist for the Alfred Fagan Award for Best New Play of the Year before receiving its world premiere at Theatre 503 in 2021. 2021 also saw Dexter being announced as one of five recipients of Neil Street Productions' new screen writing bursary, as part of which he's been commissioned to write a new TV pilot. And the momentum hasn't stopped in 2022. Dexter is currently participating in Hampstead Theatre's Inspire Group, writing a feature film for Joy Productions and Netflix, and in a writer's room for Gaumont. Most recently, Dexter's play Foxes, a moving exploration of queerness within London's Caribbean community, has transferred to the Seven Dials Playhouse for a run concluding on 11th June. Having watched it at Theatre 503, I can assure you that this is not a play you want to miss. Dexter, welcome to TVV Talk. Hi, oh wow. I love that uh, introduction. Sometimes <laughs> when you're moving forward, you're moving forward, you don't really uh, stop to kind of take stock of what you're doing and what you've done. So um, um, that was nice. Thank you very much for having me. No, I, I had the feeling when I was writing your podcast as well, I was struck by how much you've achieved in the last four years. Um, and yeah, I mean, how have you been able to do that? Because... Looking at your bio, you were studying at RADA. Uh, you did a BA in acting that you completed in 2017. And yeah. then a year later, you're winning, well, you're a finalist for the Alfred Fagan Award. So what was the timeline of that like for you? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. So basically, for me, it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind in a sense of, so when I, so when I graduated from RADA, um, I graduated and I got an agent and then yeah I was auditioning pretty much like most graduates were and then after about sort of a few months um, someone in my family came out and at the same time you know I was like I was kind of basically I was kind of struck by you know I was like okay cool like my family luckily were like very open and very accepting which was which was, which was good but then, you know, so I was kind of thinking, okay, I want to meet your friends and I want to meet your community because you've kind of been, you know, hiding this for a while and it's important that, you know, you don't feel like this is something you have to keep on the side. So I was, I went to, I went to meet um, some of his friends and I was kind of struck by, um, I, was, I was struck by, like, like me, as a, me as a straight guy I was struck by wow this is like mandem and they're like gay I was like wow what's, what's kind of going on here and of course very quickly um I was like well of course being gay doesn't look, doesn't look like anything of course but it kind of made me think oh do you know what there's a story here because even me growing up in ends I'm like I didn't know anyone anyone that was gay but obviously there were people that were so, so synonymously with graduating that happened and at the same time I was thinking oh the idea of auditioning is fine, but I didn't like the fact I have to wait to be creative. I have to wait for an audition to then the way that machine works, which is fine. But I was like, hold on a second. I want to dictate when I want to be creative. So I was like, right, that's happened at the same time. So then that's what birthed the start of Foxes. So the reason why I tell you that story first is because that play, I didn't know what I had. Like Rada provided me space to have a reading of it. There was Rada Festival was happening at the same time. And I had a little showing of it for like two days and then at that showing I met the director who now directs my play I'd already sent my play to like a couple of literary agents anyway 
And it just so happens that the director's agent is the same person that I sent my play to. And so when I had a meeting with the director, he was like, oh, I'll send your play to my agent. And he mentioned his agent, Jennifer Thomas at United. And I went, oh, I've already sent it to that person. And pretty much from then, she sent my play out. And at the same time, I, I sent it off to the Alfred Fagan. I didn't really know kind of what I, what I had. And then people read it. And then very quickly, people were like, oh, we want to have a meeting with you. And I just sent the play out to loads of different places. What came back kind of at the same time was like, Theatre 503 wanted to talk about doing a play. I did a, a Royal Court writer's room from it. So like things started kind of happening all at once. This play that hadn't even been on was creating all these writing opportunities. So it kind of meant that a year, year and a half on, I was like, wow, I'm a new writer. And I feel like I'm, I'm in a blessed position that I'm on people's radar. I'll be honest with you, it's been overwhelming at times because when I was training, they spoke a lot about creating your own work. And I definitely wasn't one of those actors who was going, yeah, I'm going to create my own work. And then people wanted to work with me. And luckily, a lot of all the projects I've been involved with so far are of a particular level of quality. And bearing in mind, we had a pandemic as well. It's kind of surreal. And when you ask that question, when you read the stuff out, it made me go, wow. Is this the first play that you've written? Yeah. That's insane that you, you wrote this one thing and it's opened all these doors for you. I think that you saying that you wrote it from this very particular place, that it, it was like something you had to write because you could see that this experience that people were having wasn't being represented anywhere. I think that's why it's opened all these doors for you, because that's how you feel when you watch it. You're like, why have we not ever seen this before? Um, exactly. Blessings to Foxes, because it's, it's brilliant. Thank you very much. How have you found transitioning from playwriting to screenwriting then? So you, you wrote your first play as a play and then suddenly you're doing all these screenwriting things. What's that like? It's been a massive, massive learning curve because I'm very much, I say like open and comfortable with the fact that I'm a new writer and also I'm very curious. So I'm happy to be like, oh, I don't know how to do that or oh, I'll just ask. Being curious and being like comfortable knowing that I don't know stuff. So I would just think, okay, how can I get information from people who do know what they're doing. I know my strong points. I know that sort of being able to write authentically and being able to write how people actually speak is a gift. But the areas where I need help in is like structure and pacing, plotting and story I'm good with. And luckily, where I've done the screenwriting bursary with Neil Street, there's so much support around it. So I was able to just get things wrong and not know what I'm doing and get support and go, right, yeah, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do that. So I felt like before I was thrust into having to do something really professional and it not be through kind of like a burst. I feel like I had a, not fast track, but um, I could get things wrong. Theatre is how I'm trained and theatre is, is what I love. But now people are like, oh my gosh, your writing is transferring very well to screen. And that's one of the things I was worried about. As you can probably hear when I talk, I'm, a, I'm in process with a lot of these things as well. I'm having to balance people saying, oh my gosh, you've got to have this talent, this is really good, boom, boom, boom. And also feeling like, wow, like a bit of imposter syndrome of everyone saying this thing is really good and I, I didn't even know that it was. I think that's a good place to be mentally, though, to definitely recognise the stuff that you've achieved so far. But to be open-minded to learning, I think, is definitely a good place to be as an artist. That's just like a life thing, having self-awareness. Like I'm very grateful. Like Gratitude sits at the front of it, of, of all of this. Like I'm aware that I'm doing something which like loads of people want to do at the level I'm doing it at. I treat it with a lot of care and a huge amount of respect. It's important to be grounded in life, period, and then like transfer that to your work. God plays a massive part in my life. I have a great relationship with God. So sometimes I feel these are not even my doing. I feel like these are the blessings. And so 
the blessings and responsibility is right how can i one tell authentic stories and about diversifying what black stories are and what creatives or what actors or what people can i help or put on or try and give an opportunity to because before i went to rada i, I was acting before i wouldn't get hardly no opportunities and I always used to think when I'm getting some success I'm never ever going to be one of those people who are like yeah my success is for me and that's it. I want to talk to you more about that but first in your own words um, what would you say Fox is about? I would say Fox is for me is a love story you know it's about two friends who find love and of course there are many other factors in there but I think at the heart of it the way I treated it was like okay I want to show the vulnerability and the tenderness of any other relationship that you would find when you find someone who you really connect with. Because I focused on that quite heavily. Then I feel like regardless whether you agree or disagree or have issues with, you know, people being gay, homosexuality, et cetera, what you can't deny is that you recognise love, you know? So if you're like, oh, wow, they love each other. Wow, they're having this difficult time because of backgrounds, their street credibility, their religion and all that, all those factors, what a community is going to say, what masculinity is in the ends. I'd say love, a love story is at the heart of it for sure. Yeah, and I think because that love is there from the beginning in their relationship, you can very much see how it evolves. And I think it's very accessible to loads of people because they might not have seen that particular homosexual relationship represented, but why mm-hmm. should they take that extra step when they are... They've, they've seen so many representations of that kind of mandem relationship. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's interesting because if I was 21, I wouldn't have wrote this play at all. Like, I would have been like, nah, like, I'm not trying to really, not trying to, like, trying to write that right now, you know. It's not even my thing. That's what I would have been on 100%. And I think being more mature and also being in the arts. Like being in the arts, like people are so kind of like liberal and accepting and oh yeah, you know, but I'm very aware, because I wasn't always in the arts, so I'm very aware that, that sometimes when you're in the arts, you think that is a reflection of society. The art, you know, is one thing, but there's huge pockets of society who are like, nah, that's wrong, disgusting, are like, are you mad? And also I was thinking, like, growing up in London, I'm like, I'm, I've never seen two black men walking holding hands at all, let alone showing affection. You know, I've seen two white guys, and, and, and I know in London there's, like, bare black guys who are gay, and from ends, and even if they're not from ends, but like who, I'm like, wow, so you can't do public displays of affection. And you're living that way for years and bare people don't know. I knew, telling telling that story, I had to be very delicate because it, I didn't want it to come across like I was out in them. Like, as in, I wanted it to be very, very beautiful, you know, um, and funny and all those, all those things that are in there, but I wanted it to be very, yeah, beautiful for sure. So, yeah, going back to you talking about wanting to give people opportunities when you have your platform, I was thinking about how, Foxes hasn't just had great critical reception. It is being praised by the community. Like we've got the cast of For Black Boys, we've got the Lynette Linton, Inoue Ellums, all praising the truthfulness of the play and its importance for the community. Firstly, how does it feel to get that kind of feedback from the community? And then do you have a particular audience that you're writing for? It definitely feels like, oh, I've arrived because those are my peers. We can do art and it, at home and it just stay in our house and be like, yeah, it's amazing, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, to say we don't care what people think and all that stuff, for me, this isn't true. I I want people who I respect and who are doing great work and my peers to be like, wow. And also it's kind of like affirmation that you're on, that you're you're putting out a, a certain level and quality of work and of course be recognised for your 
hard work and your talent and, and, and your gift. So it feels amazing. And we're at a time where when I look at like the arts and look at theatre, it feels like there's a resurgence. Even the last sort of like three, four, five years, it feels like before that it was different, but it feels like right now, it feels like even like when I look at what Lynette is doing at the bush, it shows you when someone is in charge of the building, what that looks like. Because yeah, people other theatres put on black plates, cool. But when I go in that theatre, I'm like, that's a black space, man. I don't feel like a visitor in there. I feel like I'm at home in there. And so when you get these people come out who have had esteemed careers and are doing great work and they're excited about what I'm doing, it feels amazing. And the second part, what did you say again? Sorry, I'm going crazy. Do you write for anyone? I basically want to write to the unheard and unseen. Off the back of that, I'm going to be a person who, you, I'm, you won't see me doing five, six plays, churning out plays here and that's not, mine's going to be when you do see my work, it's going to be of a particular quality and very, very specific in terms of its theme. And I'm very fascinated by the whole public-private thing about, because as you know, you know, you, when you're at home, there's things what you're experiencing going through in your life, which you know about, which, you know, your family know about, or whoever's in your household, that, like, no one's got a clue about, even people who are close, your closest friends or people who you who you chat to. And I think it's interesting about the public-private thing that we, the faces that we have to wear. And I think definitely, like, in a black community, shame is a massive thing. But it comes from a saying about, like, when, like, in the Windrush, when they come here to better themselves, there definitely was an element of like, right, if you're here, yeah, you've got to excel and like, don't embarrass us here. My mum used to say to me, oh, look, if I take you to someone's house, don't say you're hungry because people are going to think I never fed you. There's this thing of like wanting to keep up a certain level because we're here and we're trying to excel and it's hard for us and they're waiting for us to trip up anyway. It comes from that sort of like school of thought and what I want to do is go, right, generations are moving on and some of those stories which are conversations that Either, either they don't want to talk about I'm like well let me just shine a light on go yeah these people exist and let's continue or and or start these conversations and also for people to, for people to just come and see themselves on stage because sometimes in theatre world it's just theater, a lot of times it's theatre goers going to see the theatre and that's cool but really it's like okay but what about people who don't even who never even go to the theatre at all and then it's about kind of going into the communities and being like right you know, I didn't go to the theatre until I was, like, in my late 20s. And because I just thought it weren't for me. Making plays about the unheard and the unvoiced. When you do that extra work to get those audiences in, um, which obviously kind of falls a lot on the producer's slate, that's when you're doing something really special. That's when you're potentially changing the theatre industry. What, what was it that made you come to theatre then in your late 20s? I used to be a drug and alcohol counsellor from, like, 19 to, like, 20, 25, 26. And... I remember when I was younger, I used to think, oh, just like, like most kids, if you're watching films, and I used to think, oh, I want to do acting. But I was shy. And I remember when it came time, I was thinking about leaving, changing my profession. I was doing spoken word. So I used to write before, like spoken word, and then go and do like open mic nights all around London. I remember thinking, oh, I think I want to kind of try acting. So I live in Islington. I live two minutes from the Almeida Theatre. So I literally went into the theatre and was like, look, I want to try and apply for an ushering job and got a job there. And I worked at the Almeida Theatre as an usher for like four or five years, just watching plays and learn and speak to actors. And that was kind of like my entry point into the arts. The very beginning of wanting to be an actor for me 
it purely comes from like wanting like validation. I want people to like me. I want people to say, oh, you're doing, a, a, you know, th- that is that the sort of root of it for me. Mm-hmm. That's what is so special about folks is that it, it comes from such a place of love and empathy. And that's how you're moved in the audience by it. So that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense putting, putting your background together and putting the play together. So given that you're trained as an actor, do you ever plan on writing a play that you, or a screenplay that you would want to perform in yourself? Definitely. <laughs> like for me, Michaela Cole, she kind of changed the game. For black people, like she changed the game. For me, when I saw her, I was like, wow, okay, so she's trained as an actor and she's in her own stuff. Now I know white people have been doing that for time, but for us, that's mad. And of course, the fights that she's had to go through, she's not, she's not down a lot of doors. Not some people, other people haven't done it, but at the level she's done it. So yes, a lot of the TV bits that I'm writing, uh, I definitely want to have a, a part of cameo, and that's something that is ongoing negotiations. I'm in a lot better place to negotiate that stuff because it's been done before. But interestingly, many people said to me, "Oh, how come you weren't in Foxes?" But it's just kind of happened that the characters that I've written are younger, They've, and also I wanted to know what it's like to have a play on and be purely a writer just to see what that is like because I feel like if I'd been in it straight away it's a bit muddy to kind of be like oh I'm in it and I wrote it and I definitely want to write something for myself I'm thinking about something that I want to write either like um, a one-man show or like a two-hander but again it can't I'm not going to write it just because I want to be in it it has to the right thing to do but I am when I go to see plays I'm like missing so badly being on stage but I know it's like look cultivate the things you're doing there's a lot of exciting things that you're doing and I definitely, definitely want to be in the stuff I write. Also, I feel like you want to be involved in a lot of sort of exciting projects. I feel like sometimes when you carve out a space for yourself, the conversations are a bit more exciting. It's also quite a safe space to get to if you manage to carve out that thing where you're so valuable to the industry that, you know, they can't get rid of you. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that when you talk to other artists, everyone is trying to, you know, like think about it now. I mean, how much people you know who, are like actors and, and now like, oh, I want to write or wanting to direct or doing different things when the arts are going right I need to be doing different things so that, that's the objective. Are there any like particular milestones that you want to achieve going forward having heard about your past it doesn't sound like you necessarily mapped a way forward it's like things happen and you respond to it but <laughs> you're very 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 perceptive at that because that's exactly how I feel I kind of surrender if I'm being honest with you I kind of go look because what, what, what I noticed was, of course, I'm, I want to be successful and um, ambitious. But what I realised was, if I'm like, oh my gosh, like, look, look what so-and-so's done, look what so-and-so's done, I, I find that things don't happen because I'm so desperate and, or, and, and it's not the right energy that I'm kind of moving from. But I find that if I'm, you know, I have my intentions, I have my prayer and I'm working hard and I'm doing what I'm doing, I find that things t- tend to just sort of like present themselves. And there's a lot that I say no to. I think it's just as important as what you say yes to is what you say no to. If I look at my life, that's kind of what has happened. And so like, I don't really get stressed, but I feel quite relaxed because I'm like, well, it'll be okay. It's going to sort itself out. Things will reveal themselves. I know that I want to be as successful as I possibly can. And in terms of I want to do, I want to do really good work at a really high level with great artists. I want to act with really, with really good talent. I want to I wanna be involved in big, exciting projects. I like all, a lot of the stuff I'm doing now that I didn't plan for or I didn't foresee, like Beaumont. You know the show on Netflix called Lupin? They're doing an animation version of when he was a kid 
And so I've been doing some writer's rooms on that. Sometimes a lot of the work you get, talent is everywhere, but a lot, sometimes a lot of the work you get is that people think, oh, you're, you're easy to work with or they like being around you. You know, it's also about how you are as a person. That's an important thing too. Do you have any upcoming projects you want to shout out? Um, hold on a second, let me think. Are you allowed to shout them out also, or is there... That's exactly, that's exactly, <laughs> what, I that's exactly what I was thinking. And actually, funnily enough, the projects I'm doing, I'm developing a play with Hampstead and I'm developing a play with Soho. Um, I won't even say what the ideas are because someone steals them and writes it. Uh-huh. But, basically, but basically, I'm doing a couple of bits with those two theatres and um, to write a pilot with Neil Street. There's an idea that we're doing there. And um, also, there's a film that Netflix are, are looking at that, we've, that I've wrote with them. Um, oh, and there's conversations about making foxes into TVs. Those are the things that I'm, I'm uh, currently having meetings and talking about and working on. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I look forward to hopefully seeing them in the future. Just to finish, we've got like a quick fire round of questions. So cool. the goal is that you answer them quickly. So, yeah. All right. So firstly, what is a book that you have to have in your collection? Actually, it's a play. Is that cheating if I say what it's a play? Oh, it counts. Yeah. So I would say having your collection, Jitney by August Wilson. Great answer. Um, a song or album that defines the soundtrack of your life to date? It's a Michael Jackson off the wall. A film or TV show that you can watch or have watched repeatedly? Oh, gosh. Moonlight. The first stage production you saw and what it meant to you? The first theatre production I saw and what it meant to me? Yeah. To be completely honest, the first theatre production I saw... I can't remember the name of the play, but it was when I worked at the Almeida and it was a, it, I think it was an Edward Albee play. Um, but what actually, I can't remember what it was about, but what I did think was, because I used to think theatre was just like cats or like musical kind of stuff, because I didn't come from it. But I remember thinking like, wow, like this is beautiful. People living and breathing like real life, having real conversations on stage. And I was like, that's what I want to do. It was that confirmation of like that there. I don't know what that is, but that is what I want to do. So that's, that's what it meant. And finally, what's made you sad, mad and glad this week? What's made me sad is the fact that for all the stuff we're even talking about that, you know, the war, the war that's happening. What's made me glad um, is seeing the reception that Foxes is getting. And uh, mad is... <laughs> to be honest, yeah, it's what, what's going to be bad is, is, is looking at the Premiership Football League and seeing Man United are nowhere near the top. That's what I support Man United. So that's, that's what's made me mad. Yeah, uh, well, my family supports Man United and it's a sad time. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad time for sure. Um, finally, uh, do you want to shout out your social media handles and how audiences can catch foxes? So my social media handles are, so if you just put, if you just put De- Dexter Flanders in, it will come up on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also, yes, yeah, so Foxes is on till the 11th of June at Seven Dials Playhouse, which is in the heart of London. And come and see it. It's a great story. There's, there's still tickets left. Come while tickets are left. There's four and a half weeks left of the run. And if you want to see a particular strand of, of love that you've probably never seen before, please come and see it. And the tickets are not even too crazy, even though it's in central London. So please come and, and check it out. And, you know, it, like DM me or message me and let, me let me know what you think. Let's have the conversation. Thank you so much, Dexter. Thank you.